coming up on Philosophy Talk. No one is born hating another person. Why we hate? No one is born hating another person because of the color of his skin, or his background, or his religion. People must learn to hate. Is hatred always a bad thing? Isn't it appropriate to hate hateful people? How is hate different from anger or contempt? Your eyes are full of hate. That's good. Hate keeps a man alive. It gives him strength. And I get sick when I'm around. I just get to be around. I hate everything about you. I hate you. I hate you. Our guest is Britt Brogard, author of Hatred, Understanding Our Most Dangerous Emotion. I hate you? I don't even know you, but I hate you too. Coming up on Philosophy Talk. On Wednesday, May 3rd, join us at the Stanford Humanities Center for a live recording of Philosophy Talk. We'll be asking, Can Art Save Us? with Harriet Hawkins from the University of London. This event is free and open to the public. Everybody welcome. More information at philosophytalk.org. That's Wednesday, May 3rd at 7 p.m. at the Stanford Humanities Center. Can't wait to see you there. Why is there so much hate in the world? Is hatred ever morally justified? Or does hate just breed more hate? Welcome to Philosophy Talk, the program that questions everything. Accept your intelligence. I'm Josh Landy. And I'm Ray Briggs. We're coming to you from our respective COVID-free homes via the studios of KALW San Francisco. Continuing conversations that begin at Philosopher's Corner on the Stanford campus, where Ray teaches philosophy and I direct the Philosophy and Literature Initiative. Today, we're thinking about why we hate. That's a, a tragically timely subject, Ray. We, we've got a serious problem with hate in it. I just think it's getting worse by the day. Yeah, I agree that we have a serious problem with hate groups and hate crimes. But I don't think that hatred itself is necessarily a bad thing. Really? You're saying there's a good kind of hate? Well, yeah. I mean, I hate racism and injustice and inequality. And I think it's good to hate those things. I also hate my toaster. It always burns the toast. I wouldn't call that good hate, but it's not bad. Oh, oh and don't tell me you don't hate The Bachelor. I know you do. Okay, yeah, or right. guilty as charged about The Bachelor. But you're talking about like, abstract ideas like racism or, or inanimate objects like your toaster. I'm talking about people, hating people, hating groups of people. That's something we really need to stamp out. Yeah, I'm not so sure. I mean, think of some of the worst people from history. Dictators who slaughtered thousands. Shouldn't we hate those kinds of people? Well, look, we should certainly condemn them. We should fight back against everything they do. But do we need to hate them? I just don't see how adding more hate in the world is going to solve anything. Uh, even if you were right, Josh, do we really have that much control over how we feel? Especially how we feel about senseless violence? Yeah, I mean, that's a fair point. We can't always control how we feel. But but maybe we can control what we do and what we say. Acting out of hate, that's just never a good thing. Uh, never say never. I, I mean, don't you think that our hatred can sometimes motivate us to do good things for the world? Like, like fighting for change and stopping injustices from happening ever again. I'm all for fighting for change. I just think we need to find a way to do that without hating other people. Maybe that kind of hatred can start out benevolent and everything, but I just worry it's eventually going to lead to disaster. Well, well sure. If, 
if you're hating people for their race or religion or gender or sexuality, like that's definitely bad. But hating people for being part of a hate group, using slurs, advocating violence, that's completely appropriate. Those people deserve to be hated. Even if they deserve to be hated, I'm just not sure it's a good idea to hate them. The, the costs are too high. What costs? Well, if you hate, you're hurting yourself. You're, you're carrying around a poison that's eating you up from within. Uh, yeah, that's great for you, but that lets other people off the hook. Maybe it's all zen and groovy not to carry around hate for white supremacist groups, but we're kind of going to need you to take that hit. But why? Why can't I just condemn them, fight to change their minds, and strive for a society that's free from their bigotry? Because your very hatred is what's going to bring that about. They've got to suffer a social cost. That's the only thing that can make a difference. I don't know, Ray. I, I just think all hatred does is sow division and distrust, increase polarization, and make oppression, intimidation, and violence more likely. Okay. So what do you think is the best way to stop the bad kind of hate? Well, in just a moment, we're going to ask our guest, Barrett Brogard from the University of Miami, whose new book is called Hatred, Understanding Our Most Dangerous Emotion. But first, we sent our roving philosophical reporter, Shireen Adel, to find out why some people might actually foster hate in order to find community. She files this report. Who do you hate, Danny? I hate anyone that isn't white Protestant. This is a clip from the 1998 movie, American History X. Why? They're a burden to the advancement of the white race. Some of them are all right, I guess. None of them are all right, Danny, okay? They're making a video to spread their message and recruit new members to their white supremacist group. The dehumanizing language is kind of really defining the out group. And that's Peter Simi, professor of sociology at Chapman University. He's been studying hate and extremism for 25 years. There's also this really extraordinarily high level of in-group preference. So you see a lot of kind of the opposite language used to describe your, your group, right? You're a special kind of people. You have special qualities. And for these groups, the message might be religious, they were chosen by God, or they believe they're biologically superior, or especially recently, that they're more culturally advanced. So you hear a lot of discussion now with like the Proud Boys and whether they're a hate group or not, I, I tend to think they are. And one of the things that defines them, I would say, as a hate group is their cultural uh, ethnocentrism and superiority. The Southern Poverty Law Center also calls the Proud Boys a hate group. It's one of 940 in the U.S. as of 2019, not far from the all-time high of 1,020 in 2018. 2016 had a really emboldening effect on a lot of groups. Simi says one of the main reasons that is, is that the president uses the same kind of language that hate groups do. Democrats love open borders. Let the whole world come in. Let the whole world. MS-13 gang members from all over the place. Come on in. We have open borders. And it really does sound uncomfortably similar to another scene from American History X, that movie we heard earlier. Every night, thousands of these parasites stream across the border like some <laughs> pinata exploding. <laughs> So even when President Trump says he will condemn white supremacists... What do you want to call them? Give me a name. Give me a white name. White supremacists and white like supremacists. Me to condemn? White Proud supremacists. Boys. What he actually says is easily interpreted as a signal of support. Proud, Proud boys, boys, stand back and stand by. Though language is central to understanding how hate groups work, 
Simi says there are other important factors that lead people to join them. Anytime there's a major economic a downturn, you get anxiety, you get fear, you get anger. People are looking to scapegoat, so that certainly played a role. But then there are also factors that lead people to leave them. It's a pretty common um, occurrence because uh, these groups are so demanding in, in many respects, they have a high burnout rate. In fact, if you look back over many years, you can see that the groups themselves fizzle out and then rise again. And those same years where we see peak hate group activity, like 2011, 2018, and even today, we also see widespread protests against economic inequality, systemic racism, and police violence. For Philosophy Talk, I'm Shireen Adil. You can listen to the rest of this episode by purchasing it on iTunes Music. Or for unlimited listening, subscribe to our archive at philosophytalk.org.